When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're here at Club Bundle with DJ Crust. Um, how you doing, Crust? <laughs> <laughs> you got to talk in the microphone. Just talk I'm all good. Cool. Okay, first question. Um, what are some of your early influences and uh, what made you decide to become a drum and bass producer? Um, when I first started listening to music, it was like uh, two-tone music, mod music and specials and Things like that. Pop music, Duran Duran, Pet Shop Boys. Um, electronic music, really. Cool. You know, early, sort of 80s. A lot of the pop music in the 80s was, was electronic. Depeche Mode, you know what I mean? So right. it was like, I don't know, I was kind of listening for something, but whatever. When so you, thought, got, you got turned on to electronic music early on then? Just the that's all, of, like, that was kind of all was around. When you started listening to that, and then, you know, things like Tour de France came out, um, African Barbato, uh, Planet Rock. I mean, everything kind of fitted in, so it wasn't like too far away from what you were already listening to. It just got more kind of funky, more right. getaway. So it was kind of like, okay, I can hear what's going on there. And a lot of that stuff pop stuff, it was being played in parties that we used to go to. DJs was mixing two copies together. Tour de France was a big tune, do you know what I mean? Right. Yellow Magic <clears throat> Orchestra. You know what I mean? Things like that. Cool, cool. And what about hip-hop? Was that an early influence on you as well? Or? When it started to happen, yeah. Early, early electro as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. African Mabata, so. Definitely the electro stuff, yeah. We, cool. we used to get these albums called the Electrodes, volume 1 to 13, and it just had like... And they were just mix, mixes of all like these, like uh, early like electro tunes and you know, we used to just check them out, cut them up ourselves and just listen to this guy called LED. There's a DJ from uh, Eric called Tottenham in Bristol and he used to get all these 12s and stuff and he used to like, he used to be pretty good. He used to make up his own tapes and put cartoon voices at the beginning and shit and it was good. Cool. Alright, moving on. Um... What's your impression of the American drum and bass scene, and particularly LA, if you have an impression, that is? Well, I think, you know, I haven't really heard much what's going on in America, jungle-wise. Right. But I've heard stuff that's been coming out of Germany, mm -hmm. Ireland, a little bit of the Dutch stuff. People give me CDs and whatnot whenever I go, and some of it's, it's good. Mm -hmm. It's all good. You know, I imagine American <clears throat> stuff's good. It's just, right. it takes time before it, you know, it develops and it happens. It's still developing in England. It's still, in my mind, it's still not a scene that's fully, you know, walking yet. Right. You know, right. we're still on all fours as far as I'm concerned. Right. I mean, it's only been like, what, six, seven years? Yeah. yeah. Things are still happening. So, what's your impression of the current state of drum and bass internationally, and uh, particularly in the UK? Healthy. Healthy? Mm, healthy right now. I mean, England right now is riffing. Cool. Riffing bad. Alright, next question. Um, 
What producers are you currently influenced by or impressed by? RZA, Dre, mm -hmm. Carl Craig. Mm -hmm. Any drum and bass producers? Not really. No? I mean, I listen to drum and bass uh, when I go out in the clubs or when I'm going out like, to the cutter room and that, but right. I mean, Dillinger and Lemon D are, are really creative right now. Right. What about Ed Rush and Optical, that crew? They're all right. They're all right. I mean, I listen. You know, it goes through phases, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. People have their moments, do you know what I mean? Right, right. They had theirs, we had ours, you know. It just goes through Dillinger and... Right. And... <coughs> and Lemon are having theirs right now. Right, right. So, it's, you know, it's just about trying to be consistent, trying to be creative and... You know. Right. So there's definitely a difference between <clears throat> the Bristol sound and, say, like, the rest of the UK. Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright, next question. Um, how did you hook up with Saul Williams and uh, what about his emceeing style caught your attention? Um, we kind of met through record company and through some chance meetings and stuff and <clears throat> I think you know Saul talks about you know he's, he talks about things on a world world scale rather right. than on a one to one you know me and you type thing and right. I you know I ain't got nothing against excuse me against that but you know I'm, I'm, I'm definitely universal when it comes to subject matter do you right, know what I mean right. and I love I love what he talks about it fits in so well what I'm doing you know yeah. I when I heard what, you know, his style and his lyrics, I thought, fucking hell, man, I have to, do you know what I mean, work yeah. with this cat. <clears throat> well, it's yeah. more of like a, it's not really traditional emceeing, it's more kind of like free flow, kind of spoken word style. Yeah, you know, man. Just something new, over drum and bass, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm all about that. I'm not about trying to keep anything traditional. Mm -hmm. I'm more of, I'm more about breaking rules and, you know, doing things that aren't supposed to be done. It's <clears> more, it's more exciting to me. Right. All right. Um, how do you pro approach production, for example, when producing coded language? Um, were there any solid themes that you wanted to explore, or was it just pretty much like whatever popped into your head? You just kind of did. Yeah. Cool. I mean, the direction was. You know, the direction comes after about six months of working. You know, you got a basic idea of what you want to try and do. I spent maybe four or five months collecting sounds. Yeah. Just working with musicians and just making sounds, making noises, then editing all the sounds. Right. Going through that for a couple of more months, and then when you sit down and you listen to what you have, you just try and then you try and build on, you know, try and build a frame. And then, you know, it takes actually about a year before you actually know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think making an album for me, making an album wasn't, you know, a pen and paper type thing. Right. It was a real, you know, long, hard task of going round and round in the same circles, trying to mix certain tunes, trying to get them to sound how you want them to sound. And, you know, I, I, I chose the hard route, do you know what I mean? I used a live orchestra, a 15-piece orchestra, used, like, live bass, live drums, you know, and tried to mix that with the samples and... Mm -hmm then put vocals on top of that and then right. try and mix it in my own studio which is like crazy but it's hard to get that same kind of like that hard hitting sound like bass and drums with with live instrumentation do you tweak the, the samples quite a bit or you know what I mean because you have to you have to work 
you have to really work your <clears throat> sounds and you have to be persistent, you know, and, and you know, I got a result. And that's all I can say. Yeah, right. You know, I don't say it was right or wrong, but yeah. I got a result. You know, and I think that, you know, I've learned a lot in there. <clears> now <throat> I can go back and say, okay, I, 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 I kind of understand what I was trying to do. I can maybe go back and approach it from an, another point of view. Right. You know, and, and get a different result. I think with music, it's just about being happy with what you you get at the end of it. I don't think there's any, you know. Thing at the end, right? You know, I don't think there's any idea in the beginning either. Mm -hmm. Maybe just a general one, right? Right. But then you just work, and things happen. You know, mistakes are great. You know, there's a few mistakes on the album which, you know, are actually part of, part of some of the tunes. Hmm. You know, so right. So it's more of kind of an improvisational. Kind Everything's of about improvisation. Right. The whole thing. That's what drum and bass is. Mm -hmm. Is improv music. Okay, moving on. Um, <clears throat> warfare seems to be the dominating theme in a lot of your music. Um, why is that exactly? Because I'm living on the fucking front line. <laughs> we all are, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I live right in the fucking, literally in the middle of the ghetto. Right. It's a metaphor for, for your own personal yeah. experiences. Yeah. I mean, I've lived there, I, li I, moved, I, went to, I lived in a white ghetto when I, I grew up, and then I moved to a black one. Mm -hmm. So I've been there all my life, that's, you know, that's me. So you grew up in Bristol your whole life then, pretty much? Mm. You know, I mean, I'm not obsessed by war, but, you know, I, I write about things that I know about, you know, and I talk about things I know about, you know, and these things are, are current, they're right outside my door. I open my door and it's like, blam, it's in my face, do you know what I right, mean? Right. So I have to, you know, I'm that, I'm that way inclined, so I have to write about it, Yeah. you know. But I think it's a, it's positive. You got to talk about these things. Other people don't necessarily know what's going on. You know, I don't know what's going on in fucking LA unless I come right. here and see it with my, by myself. And you, you can't believe what you read in the paper or see right. it on TV. You know, in England they paint this grim picture of America. Right. You know, like they say, don't look up at the buildings when you're walking down the street. They know you're a tourist. <laughs> Always keep your fucking money in your socks, and if you buy anything. You know, don't walk around with your shopping bags. You know, those are the things I was told before I even came to America. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm like, what the fuck? Parts, man, but, yeah. but I'm I'm the type of person I have to go and see things for my, myself. Do you know what I mean? I've I've been to some rough areas. You know what I mean? I know what it's about. You know what I mean? It's the same anywhere. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you carry yourself properly, do you know what I mean? If you're badly bad, you're gonna get <clears throat> fucking trouble. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So I don't know, man. I like I like coming to these places. I like going to, to places that are real. Do you know what I mean? I want to go Beirut, mm. fucking some proper places where yeah. there's proper people there. Do you know what I mean? You can reason with and sit down and talk to. That's where the fuck. That's where the music comes from. That's where real expression comes from. Yeah. That's where drum and bass comes from. From these fucking streets, the ghettos where people ain't got fuck all else. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? They're relying on this music to fucking. First of all, it's just an expression. Do you know what I mean? This sound feeling. Yeah. This is what I do day to day. I get up and this is how I express myself. You know, what I mean? I'm making a piece of music. This is what I'm about. You know, and after a while, it becomes something else. You know, you start making a living out of it. You know, and for us, we've been fortunate enough to travel the world with it. Do you know what I mean? Now I want to reverse that and go back to the places and meet these people and say what. You know, I meet kids regularly who are into the music and they're trying to come through and we sit down with them, give them advice and whatever. And, you know what I'm saying? That's like the flip side. Mm. Cool. Um, 
I mean, it definitely drum and bass seems to me to be a parallel of hip hop here in the states, definitely. where it's a reflection of like kids growing up in the ghetto yeah. and what they see on the streets and what have mm, you. So definitely, yeah. Okay, moving on. Um, I heard that you're teaming up with Ronnie Size once again to do another represent project. Um, have you started it? And if so, how is that coming along? It's nearly finished. Really? Yeah. I it's going to be a similar sound as the last. Uh, it's very not. different. It's very different. <clears throat> It's gone to like a next level again, mm. but um, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Is that gonna be released um, this year, next year? Hopefully this year. It doesn't look like it. it's gonna be, but that's the talk. It's, it's coming out on Talking Loud. Mhm. Cool. You know, we got a full cycle album coming as <clears> well. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I did hear about that. Mm. Um, I also heard about um, <clears throat> a new single coming out. By you on full cycle entitled Cloaking Device and Break Your Neck. Yeah. And uh, when is that coming out? That will be out at the end of April, hopefully. Cool. So we'd probably see it here in the States. Right? Yeah, there's a new 12, well, it's like 8 track CD from Talking Loud as well, rearrange mm-hmm. remixes and two new tracks, proof. Um, I heard there's like an orchestral remix of some sort on that that you're talking about. I think you know. Yeah, it's proof. Mm-hmm. It's not a re- it's a it's a it's a track that didn't that didn't get onto the album, but it's uh, there's two different mixes of that. It's one's orchestral, one's like the more b boy orientated mm-hmm. one, and there's future unknowns on there. Um, a track called Deadly Affair or Witchcraft. Um, Dies remix of Rearrange. Souls mix of Coded Language. Cool. Just like a little package. All right. So, what's your take on the future of drum and bass commercial viability and its underground credibility? Well, you know, this music is going to do what it's going to do when it's ready. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we... I couldn't honestly tell you why it got so excited as it did, in you know, two years ago. And mm-hmm. everyone predicted this, that, and the other, you know. It's like, you know, everyone got excited. It was it was big for the music and it was very premature as far as I'm concerned, you know. Mm-hmm. I think, we're, like I said before, we're still learning to walk. I think that's a long way to go mm-hmm. and... You know, we're still trying to find a formula that can, you know, maybe appeal. See, the thing about the music is, for instance, you got to understand what the audience is of this music. You know, maybe you can sell 100,000 albums to people who are actually involved in the drum and bass music around the world. And that's, you got to understand how many of those actual people do go out and buy albums. Mm-hmm then you got to understand what it takes for a project to be commercially viable. Do you know what I mean? In America, you're talking about maybe half a million units. Right. And it, it's, that's probably not even successful. That's just like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. In England, you've got to probably sell probably, you know, two, three hundred thousand. No, maybe about two hundred thousand in England for it even to be on the same level. There isn't that many people in German base. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Actually buy an album. So then you have to make a, a sound or, or a piece of music that appeals to more people, is, right. is, is more broader. And then you, be, you, like, you know, it's, it's a very awkward thing to do, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you're making music, you're actually trying to appeal to more people than, do you know what I mean? You're, yeah, you actually right. work, you know, which, which you're actually your target audience, do you know what I mean? Right. So when you talk about this music being commercially viable, I think it will be eventually. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's ready for it now. I don't think the artists. Yeah, I don't think either. You know, I don't think the artists involved in the music now are ready for that, ready for <clears> that <throat> move. Or you know, I think it it probably come from someone 
outside of the scene. Right. Someone who can hear something that's going on and you'll maybe do a version of it that's maybe not as watered down, but more commercially viable. Right, right. Well, you already hear it in like, advertisements and commercials, even in yeah. the States, you hear it on yeah. car commercials. Yeah. Like, just the other day, I was, what was I watching? I was watching the news, and mm. some news thing came up, and there was a little bit of breakbeats in it, and yeah. it like, really surprised me. Yeah. And uh, do you think that's a good thing? Um, I think you, yeah, it gets people you know, aware to the tempo. Because mm-hmm. you ask anybody who hasn't listened to German <clears> bass, when they hear it the first time, the first thing they say, that's, that's fast. Mm. And then after a while, when they get used to it, they don't realize it's fast anymore. They're rocking to the half beat. Right. Do you know what I mean? So once they get past that, they start to under- They start listening to the music then. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when they start listening to the music, then they can hear other things in it. You know, and then you start listening for the song content. Do you know what I mean? And that's when things will happen. When you then when when your average fifteen year old kid or the or the mom is start singing a tune, <laughs> that's when you know you bust. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's all it is. It's a melody. It's a tune. It's a fucking it's something that's a hook. Let me see your phone. I don't even like the tune. That's all I've been singing since I've been in America. Fong, 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 fong. That's all I've been singing. And it's a hook. And that's all it is. Yeah, well, it's already getting pretty big in the rave scene here. Um, yeah. Like, it used to be that the jungle room or the drum and bass room would be really small off to yeah. the side, but now it's like taking up half the flyer, what have you. If anywhere it's going to happen, it's going to be here. Mm-hmm. Simply because of the audience. Right. You know what I mean? And I think right now in America, they're ready for a change, more so than England. England's mm-hmm. just shit at the moment. The pop music is even is so shit. <laughs> it's, it's just diabolical. It's a joke. <laughs> oh, it's diabolical over here, too. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, look, all these fucking boy bands, all these girl bands, yeah. and they all sound the fucking same. Yeah, they do. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, eventually that will kill itself. Because that, you know, the consumer can only take so much of that. Do you know what I mean? Before, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's just go around and kill itself and then you want to hear some other types of music. <clears throat> well, I, yeah, Rob Playford, I heard, produced uh, the new Sporty Spice record. I think it was. And um, actually, uh, I just saw it the other day in a store and um, I listened to it and it didn't have any breakbeats in it at all. It was just kind of a, a pop rock album, so to speak. I mean, it wasn't Spice Girls, but, you know. He made so, the album. He did the album. I think so. Yeah, I think he produced it. Um, okay, no. I think that came out just recently. Um, and last time he was in town, he was speaking about that. Or it was supposed to be like super secret project, but I think it was Sporty Spice, mm. and she changed her name to like Melanie C or something like that. But or mm. which is her real name, I think. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean that's just an example, I guess, of German bass producers trying to kind of, you know, kind of ease into a market mm. maybe a little bit more. I mean, we got to understand. For you know, it's gonna happen. It is going to happen, whether it's now or... In, in, you got to understand, the next wave of producers are already making music now. Mm-hmm. You know, Nettie Hooper, when he started, he was, he was with Soul to Soul. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And before that, he was with Wild Bunch. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And now he's fucking produced Madonna, he's done film soundtracks. You know, and it's like, the next wave of producers are ready to come through now. It's just the consumers. When they're, they're, they'll eventually hear what we're doing... Mm-hmm. And, you know, their ears are being trained for it right now, listening to those commercials, right. you know, seeing the stuff in the movies, and their kids are bringing the music home, mm-hmm. you know, and they're, they're listening to it. They're not quite sure what's going on, or they understand what their kids are doing, but, do you know what I mean? They're hearing it, and these kids are liking it. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's yeah. the audience between 13 years and, you know, and upwards, really. Mm-hmm. Even younger than that, I was at some rave 
in England, this girl comes up to me and goes, yeah, my 10-year-old brother keeps playing your video. I saw Eva talks about it and when we saw it in Code Lounge, I'm like, yeah? <laughs> okay. So it's like, it's happening. It's slow, but mm-hmm. when, when it's ready to bust, it, I think it will bust. Yeah, well, I think most mainstream Americans kind of see it, well, when they do hear it, the reactions that I've gotten have been like, well, it's so serious. It's so, like, it's so in your face. It's so, mm. you know what I mean? It makes mm. them confront Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's almost too deep for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and they're confused about it simply due to the fact that it's it's quote unquote dance music, but at the yeah. same time, it's like mm. really kind of cerebral. You know they what I mean? like, they they're they're tech, for example. Yeah. Game. They're challenged. They're all of a sudden they're thinking. Yeah. They're using the part of their brain they haven't <laughs> used for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Hold on a minute. What the fuck is this? <laughs> I'm not used to this. You know what I mean? All right. Um, last question. Let's wrap it up. Uh, stylistically, you personally, where do you think your music is going to go? Like, where do you see it in the future, stylistically? Fuck this, man. <laughs> Hard to say, you know. I'm on, a, I'm on a day-to-day basis. I have so many ideas. Since I've been in America, I've had a lot of ideas. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things I want to try and do. You know, I want to I try and do some soundtracks. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my next thing, really. Um, you know, I'm doing a project with Morgan... I'm doing full cycle projects, working a lot on the internet right now. Mm-hmm. We're currently published, trying to publish free magazine, well, magazine book things, you know, which we've been doing like, like sort of like uh, photo journals in the last sort of two to three years with like a CD-ROM type thing. Um, I don't know, man. You know, I get inspiration from a lot of places. I don't, I couldn't tell you exactly what I'm doing, but. You know, I, I'm interested in doing some more stuff with an orchestra. Mm-hmm. I want to try and do like a big band project. You know, maybe, you know, ten piece band or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe try and take that. I don't, know, I don't know. I just want to experiment. I want to keep doing what I'm doing. I want to just let whatever's happening happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's where the the ideas come from. When you actually are in the middle of the situation, you know, and then you you just keep like even in the show we we we, mm-hmm. we keep on doing certain things and. We've only done like 10 shows, but I mean, actually six live shows. Mm-hmm. But even so, it's like all of a sudden things are developing, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, this is the last one. Mm-hmm. It's like, and this is, this is always the way. Before I was out on the road, I was in the studio and I was kind of like making music and I was kind of like just getting somewhere and then mm-hmm. you have to go. And it's the same thing with this now. I'm like just starting to get a, a little vibe going, starting mm-hmm. to get new ideas and man, we got to go again, back to the studio or back to wherever. You know, so, you know, I think then the, my next thing really is just to sit down, work in the studio, try and create something and just keep pressing the buttons and just seeing what <clears> happens, <throat> you know. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Coded Lamb, the actual track Coded Lamb, which I'm going to maybe, I don't know, but I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. But when we walked in, we were kind of surprised by the fact that you guys had a live setup and, and whatnot, because we assumed that would be a DJ set, but... Um, and that was pretty cool. So, what mm. what exactly um, is the instrumentation involved in your in your live setup? A drummer, obviously. Drummer, bass player, and I do all the rest, all the sh- uh, all the orchestral strings <coughs> around that, mm-hmm. um, and I do all, all the other strings I play, and all the other mm-hmm. bits and bobs, samples right. and whatnot I do as well. Yeah, it seems like the only other acts that have been live, drum and bass acts that is that have been live, have been a uh, 
of course, you know, you and Ronnie's size will mm. represent. Mm. And then, of course, uh, Goldie, and that's mm. about it. Do you see, like, maybe in the future, we'll break beat Eric, but maybe in the future, there being more producers coming out and doing live I sets. think so. I think so. I think when you realise what it takes to do it, you know, when you think about it, you think, fucking, that's a lot of work. And, and it is. Mm. You know, I, I, it took me about six weeks to actually prepare for it. You know, going through all your samples, getting them back out, spreading them out on the keyboard, working out how you're going to do it. It is a lot of work, you know. When you think about actually what you what you do, you, I'm a DJ and I make music. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden I'm in this role of, you know, putting a show together, actually, you know, sitting down and orchestrating these two guys and a, and a singer and trying to trying to keep it tight. It's, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a challenge. It's yeah. very challenging and it's different. And, it, you know, it, I think it's character building. Mm-hmm. Well, it must be but, hard to kind of recreate that tight drum and bass sound, you know what I mean? It is. It is. I don't think a lot of people want to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you have to want to do it. You know, I think it's good. For me, it was was good to actually do it, to sell the album, Mm -hmm. do a live show. I came here before the album was released and and did the DJ show with the MC and with the vocalist and that was great. I thought, you know, I just didn't want to do the same thing again. I wanted to try and do a live show and try and push it a little bit further. Show a little, you know, a, a few more sides to what Four Cycles about, mm. you know. So you and Ronnie Size and uh, DJ Die all grew up together in Bristol and uh, at the same time kind of converged and decided to like make drum and bass or? Kind of. I, that, that was your first question. I mean, no one decided just to make drum and bass. It didn't happen like that. I mean, what... You know, we were just making beats. Right. You know, for me, drum and bass didn't, didn't. It started a long time ago. Which was like a, a track called Radio Babylon. You remember that? No, I don't. Really old tune, but it was like at one twenty, mm-hmm. and it had like hot pants in it and a f- mad bass line, and it's really, really different tune. This is an artist called Shut Up and Dance. They were doing a lot of off-key music as well. That's where the music. That's where it started to come from. Mm-hmm. These real off-key type of tunes that weren't really, they didn't have any category, they couldn't fit in anywhere really. You know, there was Wait for the Bass by Unique Free, It's Too Late by Smith and Mighty, we did a track called Wishing on a Star. Um, you know, there was a few tunes that just didn't, for me, didn't fit in anywhere, but they were, you know, you could play them one after another and people would understand what you were doing and they would dance and I think that's where the, the real rawness of the music came from, that just that idea of just making music and then gradually it started to speed up and it became rave. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? The breaks were essential, that was the main factor. I used to go out into these countries, we used to have big free parties out in the country, you'd get like a, a, a piece of paper mm-hmm. with a phone number on it, so you phone it on Friday night and it would say, we'll meet at Junction 25 on the mm-hmm. fucking M4. Do you ever used to go to them? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, you go to this fucking junction and there'd be like a hundred fucking cars there. Mm-hmm. Everyone's on their phone, yeah, telling everybody else where it is. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the rave, and this is fucking big tent in the middle of nowhere. Do you know what I mean? We were about 3,000 people raving all night. Do you know what I mean? That was like every weekend used to go there. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, when I was there, I'm, I'm checking the music. I'm listening, you know. I'm hearing a lot of, you know, out of every 20 tune, there'd be one or two tunes with just drums and bass. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And most of it was all breakbeat orientated. And then gradually, you know, we came out of that scene, and I knew Dive from when he was about 14. Mm-hmm. We used to do this party, uh, we used to have a place called um, St. Luke's Road, it's like a warehouse. 
and uh, it's like a scout hut warehouse type thing. We just broke into that. We used to have parties in there once a month. It's like a big squat, like with his thing at the bottom of the garden. And so we were cool. They used to live on top of the hill, and he used to hear us practicing and stuff. So he came down one day. It's a little fourteen-year-old with a skateboard and. Do you know what I mean? Ever since then, he's like been hanging out with us. Do you know what I mean? And Sub, I knew since he was fourteen, uh, since he was eight. I met him on holiday, and then he came to Bristol, and we like used to, we used to do this DJing and stuff. He used to break and stuff, and just kind of just kept it from there. Ronnie had his own sound system. He was like from another part of town. I never really like I knew of him, but I never actually met him until you know we all kind of like. Started to go to like we used his sound system actually for some of the parties, mm-hmm. so that was like kind of getting to know him and whatnot. And then the thing that everyone kind of keeps talking about is Glastonbury. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? We went to this like we all went to Glastonbury for one weekend and just sat down really and started to politic and that's where like most of our ideas started started from really. And we came back and just sat down and sort of planned the label. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he had tunes. I had tunes and we were both trying to do them for other labels and mm. nothing was really happening. Mm. So we thought, fuck it, let's do it ourselves and that's what we did. 